0: I'm now recording. Clap. <laughs> cool, that works. All right, and let's think here. <clears throat> so Matt you'll be 1, I'll be 2, <clears throat> Emily you'll be 3. Yep. Bulbasaur. Charmander, Squirtle.
1: Tegnab, but you guys didn't do it right. No, it's Pokémon numbers, not just your favorite. All like, right. they're not ahead. my favorite. This is now not, This is now <laughs> Sorry, this is now in the episode. Um
0: One. Two.
2: Three. One. Two. Bulbasaur. I can
0: have it. (laughs) No. Pausing for tone. Okay. Hi, welcome to Carbon Podcast. I'm not gonna tell you what number it is. Suck it, Chris.
1: (laughs) Um four hundred and twelve? No. Thirteen. No. Lucky number
0: thirteen. No. You're about 10 high.
1: Okay. Really? It's already. It's 403. Okay, 400 and f- 404. Episode not found. Nope.
0: That's that's um, the week after this one, Matt. Dang
2: it. Welcome yeah. to episode yeah. 403 of Park- Carbon Podcast.
0: Where Matt says dang it a lot, apparently.
2: <laughs> yep. With your host.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm like.
1: My inner east coaster is coming out. I yeah. Guess. Gosh, damn it to heck! They just got oh, saying "buddy
2: <laughs> oh, dare." Buddy dare.
1: No, that's that, oh. that's that's funny though. I do work with like a guy who is from Newfoundland, and he's fantastic. He's actually a really good guy. Does
0: does he say the buddy thing a lot?
1: No, he's not that kind of like. Um. Oh, what's it? Oh, one of the ones who's uh, that's come up. It's he doesn't say it nearly as often, but it's like always fantastic when he does. Is like, hello, I'm Marvin. <laughs> that's an interesting I don't choice. even know if that's like yeah I don't even know if that's a thing or whatever but like oh and the, the, no, the best one is always all the time is because you know working in a lumber yard um, you're always lifting heavy things um, whenever he goes to lift something particularly heavy, heavy he goes oh hocky Uh I
0: don't see anything about and... Marvin but I see something about ducky
1: no it's not ducky it's hocky talky mm. Which I'm also not fully convinced is not somehow something slightly racist, but you yeah.
0: Know, well, yeah.
1: I don't I don't know the reference. I say if it is something, I apologize in advance. Um, if it's not, enjoy. It's something that has brought me joy. Um. But yeah. Welcome
0: to the episode. <laughs> That's Matt. And i yeah. I am the Matt. I am Emily. I am the Peter.
2: Yep. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're fine. It, Oh, wow. Well. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you know what's fine, Emily, because you know what time it is?
2: Theme song. <laughs> Somehow we stumbled through okay, so an, uh, an intro-ish. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Good
1: yeah, luck putting that to together, Chris. Chris has already rolled his eyes at least <laughs> right. 12 times. Yeah. They are fully
0: gone. I know, it, it's not like we have three people who constantly end up trying to talk over each other.
2: What, us? No, never. Well,
1: <laughs> you realize that you're say, like you're saying that inevitably to Chris, who is going to be editing this, and is the worst for it, so... At the very least we're all like Very Canadian and are like oh no you go ahead No you go ahead I'm mean, i also including Emily in that
0: Can confirm
2: is canon now That I am Canadian living in America Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean yeah. we're going to be hanging out soon So you're Canadian you're just born in the wrong country
2: But yes we will be so- hanging out Soon for the first time uh, Peter and it is Super exciting
0: yeah. Nice I may or may not be planning some surprises for you
2: Oh hell yeah! I gotta get your pops,
0: yeah. but I'm, go I gotta get beard. it
2: like closer to when we go so they're nice and fresh.
0: <laughs> yeah, corn pops. Yeah, corn pops. Mer- I, apparently corn ours pops. are way. I gotta Apparently
2: ours are like way better than the ones you have. So
0: I genuinely think so. I've I was because re- here's here's the with pure uncut corn syrup. So here's a bit about my childhood, just okay. to start off on a weird childhood note. Um, so my brother was celiac. He still is.
2: Okay. Yeah. Re-
0: Right, and he was older than me, so I kind of became aware of this from the get-go, which wasn't great, because as a kid, it also made me kind of like, well, you made my brother something extra, why can't you make me something <laughs> extra, you know? I was a bit of a shitter like that, uh, but... Peter, you were so extra. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think I really did that bi-
2: with my brother, I think I just felt bad for him that he couldn't have a lot of the stuff that we had, because he had allergies, so, kind of similar thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, let me not interrupt. I was
0: gonna say, yeah. For those who aren't familiar, uh, celiac disease uh, means you can't eat most grains, not all. Uh, pretty much uh, anything like ode... with gluten in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's... And it's it's the, it's the actual gluten allergy, not that fake. Like, oh, I'm trying to do something for my body, or or, my or I'm yeah. just like
2: gluten um, sensitive. Some people legitimately do have gluten sensitivities in their bodies but that are not the same mm-hmm. as celiac.
0: Mm-hmm. Celiac's pretty. Well, serious. like how. It's like how lactose intolerance and like dairy intolerance are not entirely the same either, right? It's right. It's like, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, we, we don't tolerate intolerance in this uh, household. My
2: brother, milk. when he was a kid, thankfully he grew out of it, but he was allergic to both milk and eggs. And mm. I can't tell you yes. how many times people tried to correct me that like, oh no, he's got lactose intolerance. And I'm like, no, he has an allergy. Like, like throat swells up type allergy he will throw up and like puff up and we have to give him like a shit ton of Benadryl and keep an epi pen nearby like <laughs> like this is not <laughs> lactose intolerance this is an allergy
0: <laughs> yeah this isn't just horrible farts right
2: right yeah like don't get me wrong i'm sure that is terrible and i wish it upon no one but at the same time like this is a little mm-hmm. bit different than that so
0: 100 percent. yeah
1: so actually wondering uh- if I'm actually wondering if it's been getting worse for me because like the last in this last week I've noticed like in particular and I'm, I'm not again horrible f- <laughs> f- side and all that jazz no but like w- just just having like a little bit of cream in my mm-hmm. coffee in the morning like I don't know if I'm drinking it too fast but like I'll go to like brush my teeth and like it'll all like I'll, it'll start to like regurgitate mm. and I know that sounds really gross. Well but, like, bodies are gross so it is, and whatever me, <laughs> and, yes. That, I don't yeah, think that human body and like human body is gross and clearly, I'm ashamed yeah. Of like <laughs> and you should reflux, be ashamed
2: so. as well, <laughs> dear listener.
1: <laughs> it, 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 it could be it could be acid reflux, but like it's specifically seems to be the coffee dairy. or the or like. But it's like how much dairy it is in it. But then like later, I'll go and have like a coffee at Tim Hortons later at work. So
2: if you, fine. so it, it's only like like if you were to have black coffee, do you think you'd have the same problem? Even if you don't like black coffee even if you prefer it
1: i i, I literally chugged a p- cup of black coffee and okay I been fine
2: so you do think it is pretty so clearly I, the dairy portion of it i think hmm.
1: it's, it's interesting yeah uh, though I, th- I think i feel like just over the umpteen dozen years that i've been alive the pattern has been it seen It seems to be that like whatever if i eat something and then try and put something dairy heavy on top of that so, like, sometimes, like, having a bowl of ice cream for dessert, I will, like, it's, it's not, like, vomiting, where you're, right. like, your, like, stomach is, like, wrenching itself empty. It's, like, I'll just be, like, oh, hiccup or a burp or something, and it's, like, oh, cool, that's all the right. dairy I just had. So, it's, like, my body's just, <laughs> no, thank like, nope, no thanks, get rid of this, don't want so... it. so And so, it's, it's, I don't know, it's strange. Are there any medical people in the audience? Do we have anybody Good in the question. audience? Good uh, question. Technically...
2: Anyway, who's technically, listening
1: Technically, uh Technically,
2: well, what they have right now for my quote-unquote diagnosis, for my whole GI issues, and I'm, I'm sure there are more that I probably need diagnosed and just can't quite yet get in to see these doctors, but... Um, Currently, I think they have me listed as mast cell activation syndrome, which is something that can occur with people with my genetic condition, where because your mast cells are the things that are releasing the histamines, uh, usually, like, they may be sensitive to a certain allergen, but for mast cell activation, it's sort of like a little bit of anything can, like activate them. Most people don't have it as severe as, like, full anaphylactic reactions. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more like me, where it's like you get lesser symptoms but still symptoms that are bad enough that it makes it really hard to do do stuff um, or eat things. Right. Um, and there are some, like, weird things that are like foods that are higher in histamines that tend to bug people with mast cell, and I, I do have this, like Bananas can bother me a little bit more than other things. Uh, raw nuts, alcohol, stuff like that, just like, will will kind of make it worse. So that's that's my working chronicness. You
1: know <laughs> so, just because you mentioned bananas, you know what I find fascinating is like always like my go-to fun fact about that bananas? they're going
2: extinct. That we're gonna have a banana apocalypse.
1: No, but that is yes. also interesting. That's the unappeal. Um, it's that, um it is that like the um, natural distribution of I think it's potassium and it's um oh shoot, what's it called when it has more proton or er, more neutrons, so it's like the same, um, but it's um
2: uh, uh um,
1: yes, isotopes. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's natural distribution of uh, the potassium isotope. Um basically means that all bananas are very, 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 very low radioactive. Correct.
2: In fact, uh, you may also know this, Matt, already, but are you uh, aware of the... Um, uh, the BRE scale of measuring radiation? Uh, it's the banana radiation equivalent. So, like, to put it in
1: terms of, like, okay. like how rate... Like, how many bananas would you need to be buried in to uh, die?
2: Like, or? it's, uh, no, it's more like how many bananas you would have to eat to get the same dose of radiation. So, like, I've, so, like, gotcha. sometimes, okay. and I again, like, it's I sort of like a layman's, uh, uh, unit of measurement. It's not anything official, but, uh, they.
1: Is that why they always want banana for scale? It
2: may be, I don't know, but they, Holy they, crap. uh, oh, very nice uh yeah. matt's catching Sorry, uh, for pokemon for are not watching the
1: video version yep yeah, uh double but uh there. um but um i just got a shiny blue gligar um but that is aside uh please continue uh i, I
2: think though that the i think there was like an actual government agency though that uses banana radiation equivalent
1: also, this isn't just, like, some reddit I mean, that's like, hey, guys, I did something funny. I mean, don't Please get me apologize. wrong,
2: most of the time it's just used for, like, here's, like, to give you an idea of how radioactive, like, how many bananas you would have to eat to, you know, receive the same dose as, like, I don't know, maybe an x-ray or, you know, whatever they're comparing it to. Uh, but, yeah, I think right. there are actual, like, practical uses that they have used it for. Um, in fact, maybe I can, like, look this up in a minute here. Uh, I remember my brother telling me about this and it was really interesting. Um...
0: Well, while we're waiting, I was going to mention because we kind of got away from the Corn Pops thing.
2: <laughs> yeah, that went real fast. Oh, banana right. No, no,
0: equivalent... I know, I was just like...
1: Sorry. Yeah, going back to I'm sorry, pops. it was yeah, banana
2: well... equivalent dose is what it's... Uh, what ah, the B-E-D. Yeah, right. B-E-D. And reason, while you're looking
0: I've up, seen... I'm just going to... Go ahead. I'm just going to explain. So, the stupid thing is, Canadian corn pops also have wheat in them. So they're not, like... Uh-huh. Despite that it, like, they have corn in them, they're not, but, like, they're, like, enriched with other nonsense and, like, barley and, and stuff, so it's, like, it's not really pure corn. It's, like, a weird chimera cereal. Just screaming for death. And then here comes American Corn Pops that are actually 100% corn, except for all the sugar. But, I mean, a lot of, you know, fructose or a lot of corn syrup is, you know, used to make sugar, so it all adds up. But as a result, I uh, ate that a lot with my brother when we were young just because it was better for him. And uh, I learned to appreciate uh, American Corn Pops, which is why I want Emily to bring American Corn Pops. And I will probably see if I can get her... A fun Kelowna souvenir of some kind, oh, as well be as super uh, cool. maybe snack. I can get you
2: something like Cleveland-based. We'll do a swap. Drew
0: Carey.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh my God! You brought Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> or you
1: could, or you could get him like, um, like a jalapeno pepper or something. So it's something. We awesome do Cleveland.
2: have. Uh,
1: or, or I think we stretch? actually do
2: have a permanent like cleveland made shop and it's all like things made in cleveland a lot of them are cleveland themed as well but you know i'm sure they'll have some good cleveland stuff that i might be able to pick something up for you
0: oh yeah there's a few things i can probably grab for you downtown i might uh, i'll have to see how much space i have for my pack
2: so i do have a little more information here on banana equivalent dose if you guys are interested Uh, So the origins of the concept are uncertain, but one early mention can be found on the RADSAFE Nuclear Safety Mailing List in 1995, where Gary Mansfield of the Lawrence Livermore National uh, Laboratory mentions that he has found the banana equivalent dose to be very useful in attempting to explain infinitesimal doses and corresponding infinitesimal risk to members of the public. Um, a value of about 0.1 microsieverts uh, was suggested for a 150 gram or 5.3 ounce banana. Uh, and as far as usage, the banana equivalent dose is an informa- uh, informal measurement. Uh, so an equivalent. Yeah. So any equivalency, uh, any equivalences are necessary. Uh, necessarily approximate Excuse me uh but it has been found useful by some as a way to inform the public about relative radiation risk yeah um
0: I'm
2: just trying to take a look it's uh,
1: so basically the banana equivalent scale is not on the s. Yeah, yeah
2: it's it's one of these like it is still a um it's definitely an informal me- uh, measurement, but I know that it has been used occasionally for uh, more formal stuff. But obviously, it, it because bananas are so small in their level of radiation, it's only used to measure very small um, amounts of radiation.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. Matt, what's your opinion? Like, bananas in eating general. Eating bananas.
1: Yeah. On bananas in general, Um, I feel like I probably don't eat them as much as I should. But I also remember like hearing at one point that so Matt, had, that like, was like, like sugar or whatever. That Matt, in them. let me just
0: stop here for a second. That was like the layup for a joke, and you refuse to make a joke. I'm bad at jokes. You're supposed to say I'm split on them. Come on, you- man. <laughs> Oh! Uh, or don't even worry, you could have even made the Matt. appeal joke
1: we made earlier. You think I, you think right, I was gonna funny? say, don't worry, Matt. I'm the okay, same yeah, way. Yeah.
2: Like, don't rely on me for anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I know, See, Peter. Like, you're surrounded like by idiots. Small hints <laughs> are not gonna
1: work. <laughs> um, like dropping anvil-sized hints is also not gonna work. Just, yeah. To, like, yeah. I don't know. You, you could even cheat. You could have just like sent me like a, a DM
0: or something. And be like, hey, Matt, I need you to tell me this. Tell me this <laughs> joke. Yeah. Or something. Um. Yeah. So from there, you kind of talked about Pokemon already. Do you want to use that next?
2: Yeah. So uh, first thing, uh, just kind of a minor thing that happened, I noticed that the library at the end of my street, it seemed to always be red or blue. Um. Mm. And so more recently, as I've gotten a little bit higher Pokemon, I will occasionally go down there and uh, battle the gym. And at one point, I think it was the first time that I did a gym battle, I won the battle, I put my Pokemon in the stop, and then I noticed that for at least a good week or two, it stayed yellow, regardless of whether mine was in there. Like, for whatever reason, it was like a call to action, and all of
0: You broke the tr- That's right, the all truce. the
2: all the local team instincts are now like, no, we're keeping this gym. Um, I think earlier today it actually did turn blue, and I had to go down there and Beats, yes, turn it yellow again. Um, But I did (laughs) think it was funny because, especially, like, uh, I always pick Team Instinct. One, because I'm interested a lot in it for the fact of walking and, you know, getting some exercise. Um, uh, Yellow is my favorite color. Like, there's a whole bunch of Mm -hmm. little reasons why I just, you know, like Team Instinct. And I know it's kind of the one that no one picks generally, so... (laughs) But Your mother
0: literally calls you yellow, so... Right.
2: But in my opinion, Team Instinct is best. Um, The other thing I kind of had as a side note uh, on our uh, Pokemon topic was... I've realized, like, it's been a long time since I've actually played a Pokemon game. Um, I pretty much just played... Uh, red and silver. And mm-hmm. that's most of what I've played. Uh, and so I'm way behind on Pokemon. And like, man, are they running out of ideas? Like, every time I catch new Pokemon, I'm just like, what? This one's just literally a garbage bag. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, Garbage on, yeah.
2: Like, don't get me wrong, like, I Trubbish. love it. Yeah, Trubish, he's actually, he's my buddy Pokemon because I'm just like, ah, oh, yes. You're appropriate to be my buddy. The trash yeah.
0: Man. But Garbodots, his evolved form sucks. I know. We had I that th- conversation. Yeah, I know. I kind of like, don't
2: want to evolve him. It's,
1: it's pure poison, and pure type Pokemon, like, there's very few of them that are actually even viable for yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm. Like, like, I think water, like, as this pure typing is, like, probably, I think, the most viable just because it has decent coverage and they tend to be slightly bulkier when they're sorry, pure pure type, but uh, yeah, like, not a lot of people will use pure type Pokemon mm. for anything, yeah. so it's, yeah, at least for Garbodor it's just like, hey, I got this giant trash, or bag of trash, and he is yeah. here. Yeah. I kind
2: of just it. want to keep oh. powering him oh. up and not evolve him ever. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just... Oh, um, so I started playing Pokemon Legends Arceus.
2: Yeah, I saw Matt holding and, that up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, ironically, I've bought
1: it, and I got it, like, within days of it coming out, and I still oh, no. haven't fucking thing in yet. I haven't had time, and I, okay, maybe tomorrow, I think tomorrow is the day, Yeah, um, and I feel bad about it, because I want to play it so bad.
0: It's it's pretty fun, um, but I was gonna say, uh, I, I got to, because there's a whole scripted thing, you know, where you, you have to go up and you have to rank up. Instead of, uh, gym badges, you just kind of have to do enough Pokemon-related tasks and they'll mm-hmm. give you a badge and be like, you are now rank two or whatever. When you hit rank one, it's like, congratulations, you are now rank one. You now have access to heavy balls. <laughs> Not too shy to admit that, uh, I did giggle at that.
2: Right, yeah. <laughs> that, that's That's giggle worthy, like, you set yeah. yourself up for that, <laughs> like...
0: Well, because they have the the three tiers. They have, like, the regular balls, they have the feather balls, which can fly farther, and they have the heavy balls. And then they can upgrade to, you know, great ball, ultra ball, whatever. Right. And it's a lot of fun, but you can also see it's like, you know, for a game, I kind of wish it had more of a budget, because it's so annoying that Game Freak gets probably a ridiculous amount of money. Right. And like the
1: world, so you figure they need to come up with something better. Or...
0: Well, I think just graphically it could have been better because the actual gameplay is really good. Like I quite like mm-hmm. the gameplay. I just think like the grass textures in particular, because like you look at Breath of the Wild and you look at this and it's like ah, like well, it's just not the same. Like there's get good. <laughs> yeah, like it definitely has the wonder of hunting Pokemon in the wild in mm-hmm. like what is essentially a new colony type area. Uncharted Lands. Like, it captures all that perfectly. Mm-hmm. So, I'm having a lot of fun with that, and I thought the RPG mechanics work well. Tutorial's not too tedious. Maybe it takes a couple hours. I was playing another game, and the tutorial, tutorial dragged on and on and on. The oh, characters wouldn't shut up. Uh, that was Dying Light 2, which all I right, have kind of This is too much on. backstory. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, it's so not even that. Like, Oh, how do how to explain it? Okay, so it's a zombie game, uh-huh. and it takes like an hour to actually get to the city of adventure where you're going to be doing stuff. Then it takes you like another half hour to get through the tunnels to get into the city. It, then it turns out you got infected, and so they won't let you into this the like the settlements without a biomarker. And so then they say biomarker about fifty times, and you go through a really long tutorial dungeon. It's like an hour or something long just to get the biomarker. And even then you don't have full like world access for another half hour. Oh my it's God. It's like a four, f- four or five hour tutorial sequence. And I'm Jeez. just like, get on with it. Right?
2: Can I play the game now?
0: <laughs> and even then it's like, there's critical design flaws. Cause like a major thing is they don't want you to progress the plot if there's zombies nearby, mm-hmm. but because of how they spawn, they can be stuck spawning behind the door. You need to open for the plot point, which Where means you can't, they won't you can't let get you there. open the door. Right. I know, like, it's a very glaring bug that keeps coming up, and it's just like, man, they really screwed this up, which is really annoying, because, like... Yeah, the quality control is, is not high on their priority. Well, like, that's the big thing, because, like... The, the game has bad writing, just from the get-go. There's a lot of characters that I'm just like, I hope you die. <laughs> like, you have no redeeming characteristics. <laughs> but, like, there was some actually cool, there's some actual cool quests in there, some fun stuff going on. Sure. Some intrigue. And, and, like, the actual gameplay is still solid because it's, like, first-person parkour zombie fighting.
2: Oh, that's kind of Where you neat. mostly have
0: melee. Yeah, Ooh. like, that's all pretty good. And, like, later on, they have grappling hooks and stuff. Although they kind of they make you wait a long time for it. That also bugs me a bit. It's like, you put fun in the game, but you don't let them have fun. Like, there's spike traps all around the city... But the only thing you could start out doing to knock people into them is just kind of kick them if they happen to be standing right next to. Them. I'm like, I gotcha. want to be able to drop kick people because right. you can drop kick, but but you have to level up to get it. And I'm like, ah, can't you just have like other stuff for level ups? I'm, just, I i do not know. Yeah. Anyway, that was my rant about Dying Light Two. My point is, Archa- I don't really want to play it right now until they fix that bug. I want to just, just right. I want to just play more chaos <laughs> Just it's... hurl balls at things.
2: Right. Heavy balls. Heavy balls. Yeah.
0: Heavy balls do not fly very great. far. It's great. I tried to throw one at at a Pokemon, and it just mm-hmm. plopped essentially right in front of me, and was <laughs> like, "Welp."
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, okay.
0: <laughs> it's because you you need to get stronger.
1: You yeah, need, uh, you need to, you need to level up or go super saiyan. I will
0: say the Pokemon detection range is also a bit low in my opinion. But like, that's not a game deal breaker for me. But it's like really annoying because they talk about how it's like, oh. Go into first person mode, and then when you highlight the Pokemon, you can open up the Pokedex to quickly see what it is if you don't know what it is. Which is like, okay, that's a useful tool, right? Sure. Because it
1: because in... hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold a second. So just to bring bring this to my attention is that like everything kind of seems like it's old world style, but there's actually a Pokedex. Is it not like you're not like flipping through a book like a no James no? There's a whole thing or... about that. I don't want to. Or it's like they've just invented
0: the computer. No, it's. It's it's weird. Okay. You'll understand. You have to play it. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want it because then we gotta talk about the plot, and the plot is weird. That's the whole thing. Okay. But um. Or is it like a guy named Dexter, and he's gonna write a Pokedex yeah. or something? Because yeah, <laughs> that know. would be great. Um, but the whole thing is because they talk about scrolls. He's very full of them there, There's a reason, anyway. But the whole idea is, you can like go into first person mode. Look at a Pokemon and then it'll it should have a Pokedex prompt so you can quickly look it up because every Pokemon has quests associated with it, and if you accomplish a certain amount, then you can um, you know get uh, get experience points, which is how you kind of level up your rank. okay, so it's not even just catching right. Pokemon. it's like you have to well like one of them is catch X number of Pokemon. one is catch x number of Pokemon unnoticed for example, defeat x number of Pokemon. Uh, defeat X number of Pokemon with an element they're weak against. Those types of things, right?
1: Is is there a bit like where you have to catch like an obscene amount of Magikarps or something? Uh,
0: probably. I haven't gotten to that I, yet. I,
1: I think I saw that. I, I saw that as like a meme or something. Like in order to complete its Pokedex entry, you have to catch something like five hundred. Well, or like watch. No, you have to watch five hundred of them do splash. There's there's, or there's,
0: there's two tiers because there's there's um. Get complete the research, which gives you like a full breakdown of the Pokemon stats in terms for hunting them. Which you only need to complete, I think, seven or eight targets over like the the seven or eight different uh, objectives you can have with the Pokemon. But to fully master okay. the Pokédex, you do need to get them all the way to the highest number they have. So for like you know catch twelve right. uh, Ponyta because like there's Ponyta's I'm, I'm dealing with right now, uh, and I've already run into a couple of Alphas. Alphas are fucking scary. <laughs> Level 40 glowing eye Pokemon.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: They're like, hey, I'm going to wreck you. I'm yep. going to wreck you. Oh yeah, no, there was a... Uh... You're having a day, and now it's broken. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: Congrats on the ass whooping. <laughs>
0: uh, so Chris tried to troll us, and now he's promising us that uh, he's not trying to troll us.
2: Uh-huh. Likely story. I don't believe
0: him. Yeah. Um, Matt, you weren't sure if you wanted to tell this next story, so do you want me to do the wrestle thing I was going to do this week first, just in case, so you can have more time to think about it?
1: Um, I think it's okay. We we haven't established, have we established where I work, or is that one of those things where it's like,
2: I think you've only talked about,
1: okay,
0: uh, like, matter.
2: I don't think you've said a name of it, I think you've just talked about the kind of okay. work yeah. you've done.
0: And I wouldn't recommend right. saying a name, just to be safe. Yeah, and I,
1: I don't intend to, but yeah. Um, I can I can go into it. So, one of the one of the things about my job is like, there's a warehouse in behind like the main building, where we store a bunch of wood and stuff. And because as we've established, I work in a lumberyard. Um, inside lumberyard, uh, this warehouse has two big bay doors that occasionally, um, acquire birds. Um, <laughs> this particular day, um, and it's happened on a couple of occasions is, uh, pigeons. Um, pigeons are particularly bad for it though because once they get they get into a place that they like, they will never freaking leave. And they'll
2: poop everywhere. does matter how many
1: times <laughs> you scare them away. There's, oh gosh, like sorry. Though I, I feel a little saltier about um, these pigeons in particular because there is a um, there's a pair of them that have been like living on one of the lights on the outside oh, of the building. Oh yeah. And they've actually they've been trying to build a nest, and like every like thirty minutes or whatever, I have to like go out <laughs> and shoot them away. So Agreed. I, don't, I don't know how long it they'll a, oh, a, a part of your job um, that you didn't
2: <laughs> see in the original description. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Well, like it's it's one of those things that if I was given the go ahead, I'm sure I could solve the problem. And I'm not talking about like killing the pigeons, but like figure out how to keep them off sure. of the light. Um, so I've got plenty of ideas, but my actual job is to, you know, help customers and deliver wood to people and... (laughs) Do lumberyard stuff, not not manage
2: pigeons. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, but today in particular, um, because if the pigeons get into the warehouse and start coming in on a regular basis, they need to not do that ever. Um, so today I got to shoot a pigeon, (laughs) which...
2: Rip pigeon.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I, by the end of it, I felt bad because all we had was a pellet gun, um, and so like I got him a couple of times, but he just wouldn't go down.
0: Ooh, so that
1: sucks. That that was, yeah. By by the end of it, like he finally was done, and I was dealt with him with a snow shovel. Um. Basically, I picked him up. Slash, and I, I beat him. But anything. I'm not that much of a monster. Um, but yeah, I basically had to do that today. And it was... At first, it was somewhat satisfying because the pigeons have been really pissing me <laughs> off. But then by the end of it, I was like, dang it, why won't you just stop?
2: Pigeon's <laughs> just trying to pigeon. So
1: was, 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 exactly. He's just like, I'm just going to live here right. now. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. I'm sorry. Um, and realistically, it'd probably be more... what sort of more, More cruel... If we just let him stay in the warehouse overnight, because there's no food or water, and I don't know how long those things can go without, but, um... I'm
2: sure it'd be fine overnight, but, you know, for a long enough period, it would not be pleasant for
1: them. Yeah, and it'd be literally pitch black inside the warehouse at night, so, um, but yeah, it'd be not good. Anyway, um, that was part of how my day went, but, uh, I don't know, this, just... Earlier when we were kind of talking, when I mentioned it, like we were kind of talking about like other pests and stuff. And uh, I know like you, you mentioned, you started to mention mice. Like I actually haven't really seen my, actually no, I I have seen them else around the store once. Oh. And that makes far more sense to me in the sense that um, the place that I work also happens to sell like bird sure. seeds and yeah, stuff.
2: Like things that mice want, want might to, like, want to take advantage of.
1: Yeah, but, uh, yeah, then no, this one was just, like, chilling on the outside of the building, and it's, like, not very common that you see yeah. mice. Wait. Oh, but no, there actually, there was another one that would ha- hang out underneath our, like, the, one of the wood dumpsters that we have out, out back, um, and one time, actually, on a more positive note, um, he got to go to the dump with me, um, <laughs> Because what we do is we take these dumpsters and we put them on the back of one of our, our flat decks or whatever and strap them down. And I then go to the dump, the dump, or tip the deck, or whatever, dump all the garbage out, and then drive home. But this particular time, I happened to be looking in my mirror and I saw that he was on the back of the truck. The, the mouse, I mean. And I was like, how right. the did he get there? Um, it, it turns out he was living in one of the dumpsters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like the, the thing is these dumpsters are just made of wood So there's like nowhere for him to really right. live But he somehow was just like Attached himself to this dumpster And it was Somewhat fun because then when we um, Took the dumpsters off the back of the truck He was just sitting there on the back of the truck Like So And I was just like oh he's just there He's just hanging we out will,
2: We will okay. hopefully Have Less rats in our city, uh, this spring, because one of the exciting things that I heard is that we are finally going to be getting a trash service that provides trash cans. So this is something that I've always hated about my city. Um, I, I do love living here, but it's been one of the downsides, and that is that they will not take your trash if it is in a trash can. Yeah, what? you. so we have trash cans behind our house that, you know, when we're putting out garbage, but it's not garbage night yet, we put it in the trash cans. But if I were to drag those trash cans out to the curb and leave the trash cans out there, unless I write that, you know, the trash can itself is trash and I'm trying to get rid of it, they won't take it. They will leave it. Huh. Um, you have to. So I have to pull the bags out of the trash can and take them to the curb, and then inevitably the crows and the skunks and the raccoons and possums and whatever else, rats, you know, come out and they all
1: of the riffraff
2: tear open the bags and they make a mess everywhere and you get to clean everything up. So, uh, oh. so. Now, they're going to be switching to a service that uses a truck where, like, a certain type of can fits into its arm, and it, like, you know, pulls it up and, and yeah. does the whole thing.
1: Um, I think, I know, like, granted, I'm not sure. living there now, but Kelowna's had that for a, quite a while, and it's it's Our neighboring handy.
2: cities have it, with great success. My hometown switched over to it after a while, um... And just the fact that we'll have be able to put out trash in trash cans at all is huge to me. Because um, I'm really tired of, you know, I, you try not to put them out too early so that there's less chance. But, you know, they sit there overnight. So, you know, things come out, you're not going to stay up and defend your trash bags. <laughs> so, like...
1: Yeah, it's like, it's, it's not Um In
2: fact, but it's yeah. one of the reasons we have so many skunks in Cleveland Heights. Is because, I guess, back really? in the 1920s, there was a rat problem, and they introduced skunks to try to help take care of the rat problem, because skunks... I... Sorry, yes, what? skunks are omnivorous, and if they are hungry enough, they will go after the rats. And we had, apparently, a ton of them in the yeah, 20s.
1: The... So... What, what brain genius was like, you know what, rats are a pain in the ass. Let's introduce this very smelly. Uh, yeah, I
2: don't know. Instead. It was just uh, like, I guess they thought it, this
1: would. Did, did he have shares in like Skunks Anonymous or I, something? M- or it like... may
2: have just been one of these, like it's the like most affordable option. I don't know. But anyways, they introduced. <laughs> Nobody else wanted and They <laughs> introduced a bunch of skunks. Uh, the skunks flourished because there was lots of food and lots of good places to live and all of that. So now our city is city sk- uh, Skunk Heaven, which I actually like because in the spring, sometimes I'll sit out on the deck and baby skunks will just, like, come out and, like, walk around and they're, like, super cute and they're true. not old enough yeah, to they're be... Like,
1: they're, like, little drunk versions. Yeah. Yeah, of, like, versions And they're
2: not old enough yet to be, like, scared of you, so they just sort of, like, wander around and, like, make cute little baby skunk noises. It's very adorable. Um... And I don't know, I'm, I'm not terribly uh, afraid of the skunks, because as long as you don't, like, threaten them or corner them or anything like that, most of the time, if they don't like being around you, they're just going to leave. And if you don't... If you're not acting threatening or, like, you're chasing them or cornering them, they have no intention of spraying you. Um,
1: right. Because, so, well, like, once they do spray, it takes, like, a couple of days before they're recharged. yeah.
2: And so, you know the smell of springtime in in Cleveland Heights is usually a um a combination of the beautiful dogwood trees that are very popular out here as well as the slight, slight waft of of skunk <laughs> which i i'm one of those people who actually likes the smell of skunk so it doesn't bother me um
1: you should come visit New Brunswick I should
2: uh eventually i'd love to just like go travel Canada and see all sorts of cool places in Canada yeah.
1: Oh, there's plenty. To be fair, though, you, yeah, when when you get to New Brunswick, though, you p- could probably spend like a day here. That's all you <laughs> really need. fair. Yeah,
0: go to Newfoundland. There's right. so much to see there.
1: There's more. To, there's more to Newfoundland, though. Yeah. I, I'd rather like my, my wife and I. We, granted we currently are living in New Brunswick, but like we want to see all of the maritime provinces. We determined we want, I think, three days for PEI um, like, five days for Nova Scotia. That seems like, like too like much for PEI. For I mean... But yeah, well, we, we figured, like, we, we go to the north end of it or whatever, we, like, spend a day going across the, the province, and then another day just, like, at the bottom I mean, or whatever. I like, mean, part of the
2: thing there. that I'd love to do, because, you know, yeah, I, yeah, I want to see, like, some of the 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 histor- historical stuff, the cultural stuff, the you know, all of that, but I also just want to see, um you know, like, like, uh, undeveloped Canada as well. So, like, you say, like, Newfoundland, uh, you know, there, there might not be a whole lot to do, but depending where, I'm sure that there are some very scenic places that would just be enjoyable to be there just surely for the scenery, so. Well,
1: and they have, like, um some of, like, the oldest settlements and stuff, mm-hmm. like, even, like, older than, like, actual Canadian <clears throat> kind of Oh, sure. Canada. Yeah. It was like, I think, like, Leif yep. Erickson or something is supposed to have, like, made it Yeah.
2: In, in theory, so. they think that he was, like, predated a bunch of the people who are typically credited with discovering America, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah.
1: Also, um, for Canada, it's uh, it has, I think, the furthest east a bit of, can- air of of Canadiana or whatever on it. Hmm. So that's one of the things we want to do is we want to be like, say we've been as far east in Canada as you can go, and then at some point in BC we need to like try and find that point right. in BC and we'll make sure we go there as well. I wouldn't recommend
2: trying to go as far north as you can.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that at all. Um, but I think isn't the fur- furthest south is like somewhere near Cleveland, isn't
2: it? I would think so. Yeah, I would probably. think it would be down near like Windsor area.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, I'm just quickly googling it. Yeah, it is Middle Island in Lake Erie.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. you know what? That's the one that's basically your guys' version of Putin Bay, which is our like Lake Erie, like kind of tourist summer. Uh, Island, yeah, Re- it's right
0: near Putten Bay. Yeah, yeah. Cause so it's right I've near almost Pelé been to Canada.
2: I've, I've been to Putten Bay. I've also been to Detroit and like gone up to the top yeah. of the Renaissance Center and looked across the river. So i I can see Windsor. Like, <laughs> you've, you've I've seen, seen Canada, Canada yeah. sort of. <laughs> and
0: from there, it's not right. I've
2: never had to use <laughs> a passport to see it though. So,
0: <laughs> Hey, guess what's coming to uh, Detroit soon, Emily? Who's that? Wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. wow. Speaking AEW of wrestling, I first... bet you
2: you have a story for us.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's exactly why I brought up that <laughs> segue. You, you actually gave me a perfect... Because I think it was just the other day, It's like, AEW is going to Detroit for the first time ever. Oh.
2: Hmm.
0: So, so that'll be cool. It's nice that they're branching out to other cities.
2: Yeah.
0: Anyway. <laughs> so unfortunately, I have to segue from that to some sad news as a uh, beloved wrestler, Scott Hall, also known as, let me go through his list of names. It's probably his most famous alias is Razor Ramon, but he was also uh, the Diamond Stud, Texas Scott, which is a hell of a name, and only topped by his other one, American Starship Coyote.
2: Incredible. Yes, did, that was pardon? the one he had in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right.
0: Classic. Yeah. So he passed. He had an untimely death at age 63. Um, unfortunately, it was complications. He had been going through a lot because of COVID and everything, and then he broke his hip. And unfortunately, like, he, he apparently ha- was home alone with a broken hip for days before he finally got medical help. Ooh. So he wasn't in great shape before all that. And then he had the surgery, and then apparently during the surgery, he had a, a series of heart attacks. And Ooh. unfortunately, from there, it was. A rather brutal waiting game. He did get a chance to say goodbye to his family and friends. But, yeah, it was a very sad occasion.
2: It's nice that he at so least had the d- chance to say goodbye, but still not a,
0: yeah. a, a uh, nice I, occasion. I, well, they took him off life support, and apparently he was still going for like five plus hours. Wow. I know, it's like... After life support? So he's just like, I'm not ready <laughs> to go yet, turn that back on. I don't even know. Like, dang like that
1: that that's right i will yeah. say
2: like as terrible as it is it is nice when people get a chance to say goodbye though um my my mother-in-law got to say goodbye to her mom and like she was lucid conscious she didn't have dementia anything like that like it was they actually got a chance to talk about it and it was actually you know it it was about as nice as it could have been you know that's good yeah
0: um, so, oh yeah, because he was part of American Starship, that was the thing. So, was, <laughs> he is a member of American Starship, and his name was Starship Coyote, That is still a hell of a first name to have. Right. So, just to give you some backstory, because, I mean, I imagine neither of you have heard the name before, or Razor Ramon?
2: Not that I can think of. No.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll try to give you a bit of an overview because he like he is a very important character in wrestling history for a couple of reasons, okay, so to start with um just to give you an idea of the band he six foot seven two hundred eighty seven pounds so big dude mm-hmm. um he was trained by Hiro Matsuda who trained a lot of eighties wrestling legends, probably most notably Hulk Hogan uh but like there's a few others I can name, but we don't need to list it off because this is already gonna be like a lot of who's <laughs> so <laughs> i just wanted to also give Hiro matsuda his due here um so he started in 1984 but here's the thing in 1983 he was a bouncer and the story i'm about to tell i think informs a lot of his life because he got into an altercation with a patron who then retaliated by breaking scott hall the windows on hall's car so scott went up to him and kind of like hey what the hell are you doing and this led to a shoving match where the guy who was pissed at Scott Hall tried to pull a gun on
2: him.
0: Oh, jeez! So Scott Oof. Scott Hall, of course, freaked out, grabbed. They wrestled for control of the gun, and in the in the ensuing chaos, um, the assaulter was shot in the head. Oof. Oof. So he was very dead, uh, and he, Scott Hall got arrested for murder. He ultimately got off due to a lack of evidence, and he, you know, maintained to this day self-defense. But like years later like he didn't really tell the story until 2011 2014 like he we he basically admitted he had PTSD over this his entire life wow which i fully believe cuz sure. that is a hell of a thing to have like in 1983 he would have been um, Geez, he was he would have only been like 25 hmm so that that would definitely have left a lasting impact sure so uh, yeah he yeah. he started he started as um, yeah, what was it? American Starship in the, in the National Wrestling Alliance, but then he ended up in the American Wrestling Association as part of the infamous Wrestle Rock thing that we talked about in an episode where he was. There was a duo where it, 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 he got paired up with Kurt Henning and he was his tag team partner, Big Scott Hall. That was his. That was his character, Big Scott Hall. He's a big guy with a mustache. That's my partner. <laughs> So, you know, not a lot of character work there, but Fair. he was a uh, capable enough wrestler. And then he had a stint in WCW, uh, including as the Diamond Stud. The Diamond Stud was essentially the bodyguard for Diamond Dallas Page. I don't know if you recognize that name. Chris Wood. but he's not here.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds kind
0: of familiar. i you mentioned him before yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he'll, he'll come up later in the story because he's, he's pretty relevant. But, like, that was the thing. So, like, he's like, okay, if we got Diamond Dallas Page, here's his bodyguard, the Diamond Stud. That was the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but he still didn't get, like, you know, set the world on fire. Uh, he did have a short feud with the, some other guys, but it didn't really, um, go anywhere. What this did lead to, though, was he started in the WWF in 1992, which is where the Razor Ramon character debuted. The hmm. Razor Ramon, is very iconic in the wrestling world because
2: I've heard the name.
0: Yeah, he from the get go just had this persona to him that made him imi- like like to, to. He basically was inspired by um, Scarface, Okay. the Al Pacino movie Scarface mm-hmm. in particular, like because there's you know there's an original, and so he kind of started imitating how Al Pacino acted in that. But like this is a six foot seven, you know, buff overly buff wrestler man doing this and he, and he had stuff like literally he would introduce himself as say hello to the bad guy. <laughs> but he would say it with like a very cool vaguely latin sounding accent. And you know, he he would like do a thing where he would con- he would have a toothpick in his mouth and he would mouth and he would constantly flick it at people. Okay. Just like the casual disrespect. He'd come out to like this very kind of 80s theme where he'd walk very slowly as if he was surfing, but, like, in a weird, cool guy way. Like, there was a lot of character to him. Yeah. Yeah, like, he was very much just, like... He just had an air of, like, jackass cool. <laughs> and then you factor that in with him having a move called the Razor's Edge, which is usually a wrestling fan's... One of a wrestling fan's favorite moves, because what it is is to try to give you a visual, mm-hmm. especially for the audio listeners. He takes a guy... He picks the guy up over his head, he's got the guy's arms, and he stretches his arm, the guy's arms out like a crucifix. Okay. But, like, the guy's over his back, right? Sure. So he's got the guy up above him, and, and he's got his arms out in a crucifix, and then he kind of power bombs him down, so the guy takes a huge impact to his upper shoulders and, like, oh, neck geez. area. Oof. Yeah, so it's a very brutal-looking, very, you know, theatrical move. And it can be hard to take safely. Sure. So it is... It is a little known to. Like, I don't think it's injured too many people, which is saying something because a lot of moves have injured a lot of people. Right. I was going mean, to one say, guy you became... would kind
2: of think that a lot of moves have a body count at this point.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I saw um, live on TV when a guy just did a slide and broke his leg. Oof. So, yeah. You know, it's, you're kind of living on borrowed time sometimes. Right. But, um, yeah, his character very quickly just kind of. Came became popular as, like, this guy... Ca- because he was, he was the bad guy. He was 100% a villain. He was a heel. Right. But he was just so cool. Yeah. Right, right. So people kept cheering him.
2: <laughs> right, people like him anyways, yeah.
0: Yeah. So he ended up getting into a legendary feud with Shawn Michaels. Um, I'm sure I brought... Because I brought him up a few times now. I, I think he, so, He, of course, yeah. led, would later be friends with Triple H. Uh, this is actually how this all started, because he quickly befriended Shawn Michaels in particular, and he would also soon befriend... Kevin Nash, who was Diesel at the time, and together with Triple H and uh, Sean Waltman who had several different names, we don't need to get into right now. <laughs> uh, these five became known as the Click, which hmm. were just a backstage group of boys who kind of were like, "We're the we're the most important guys in WWF. If you if you piss us off, we'll get you run out of the company." Oh my gosh! Which they did. It like they did run a couple of guys out. They did. Wow. torpedo a couple of guys' careers. Uh, to be fair, a couple of guys who they torpedoed turned out to be dicks. Uh, well, a couple others probably didn't deserve Probably Doing didn't
2: deserve a public it. service for at least a few of them, huh?
0: <laughs> uh, oh, I would say a couple, they 100% did a public service. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if it was like, oh, this is what made this guy suddenly become a dick, I'm like, well, then he was just waiting for that moment to become a dick, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but I wanted, to, I wanted to specifically shout out, because there's a two matches... That really stand out with it for him was Shawn michaels mm-hmm. and one of them's free on youtube so I, I did want to bring this up he had a legendary match with Shawn michaels at wrestlemania 10 for the intercontinental title it was a ladder match so that so ladder match uh the title is hung above a str- on a str- like a strut or okay. like a, you know like a thing yeah above the ring and you just you gotta get a ladder set it up climb up grab it if you watched our Extra Life uh, twenty twenty video, we, we we got to see everybody fail spectacularly at this. <laughs> I think Jamie was the one who was specifically trying to walk away. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, it was great. No, yeah, that that was a that was a fun moment for me. But you know, like they had, it, it was basically um, the benchmark for great ladder matches from that point on. And then they did try to repeat it again, and, like, the repeat is the one you can see, because uh, WrestleMania 10 was in 94. In 95, they did it in uh, for SummerSlam. So the SummerSlam 1995 ladder match, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, very much worth a watch. Uh, and we're already getting a little long-winded here, so I want to get to the mm-hmm. other probably big couple things about him. Sure. So in 1996... His WWF contract, uh, I think it expired, is what happened. And he decided not to renew. Like, he specifically mentioned he didn't like how many days he had to work, which is a constant problem with WWE to this day. Okay. Like, people keep saying, I work 300 days a year or something like that, which is just like, eesh. Yeah. Oof. Right? Because, I mean, if you do the math... It just feels like too much. Yeah. Yeah, if you do the math, it's way too much. But... um. He ended up signing with WCW, and so did uh, Kevin Nash. So what happened was, on an episode of WCW Nitro, after a match, suddenly Razor Ramon just randomly walks into the ring from the crowd, and like he picks up a microphone, and is like, "Hey, you know who I am," and he's and everyone's just like, "Wait, what?" And so he goes he goes and cuts a promo, basically implying. He's from the WWF, here to invade WCW, <laughs> even though he's contractually under WCW. But huh. he did this without specifically saying that. Oh my gosh! And like, what was one of the most iconic things? Where he's like, is when he he, he says to the camera, "You wanted a war, you got it." Oh, jeez. And, and they did. <laughs> they got a war. So like, this led to the um, Kevin Nash eventually joining him after a couple of weeks and they just kind of like heavily bullied to tone it down a bit you know right heavily bullied everyone at wcw like there's an iconic moment where kevin nash who's like seven feet tall i don't think he's quite that big but he's huge picks up five foot two ray mysterio jr and throws him against the side of a truck like a lawn dart it's (laughs) brutal to watch like a lawn dart like so like head first oh yeah like, like, like apparently yeah, he, right. I think he like twisted his head or something. So it became a flat back bump at the last second or something. But it's like, that could have easily gone horribly wrong. Right. And it was, you know, it was a hell of a, a hell of a thing. So this leads to, um, a big match between the, the WCW and the invaders, or as they were eventually became known as the outsiders at uh, bash at the beach, 1996, where they promised they would have a third man joining them. Which sounds very JFK assassination, doesn't it? <laughs> Who is the third man? <laughs> so, like, know, this match goes hole. on. <laughs> yeah. For historical purposes, I'll mention, like, uh, they teamed up with, they were taking on Sting, Randy Savage, and uh, Lex Luger. And so, so it's a three on two for a bit, because the third man hasn't arrived. And despite this, they just completely shit canned the WCW guys. It's like a 15-minute minute just brutal ass-kicking. And then finally it's like, the the announcers are like, well, someone please come and help WCW. Hulk Hogan comes out, betrays WCW. <laughs> <laughs> He's the third man, and we have the genesis of the New World Order, the NWO. Probably one of the most famous factions in world wrestling and entertainment. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Again, it's like one of those things. Even you don't know I was going to say
2: even I know about it. So,
0: <laughs> yes. Right. right. Matt. I'm just, I'm assuming you're familiar somewhat familiar with the NWO? Or are you I feel like I've,
1: I feel like I've heard of it okay. before, but I don't know if it was ref- Yeah, you're, okay, you're you're wrestling. very wrestling blind. I probably know I am extraordinary le-
0: wrestling blind. I'm like yeah. blind deaf <laughs> Okay. So this is good for you. I'm helping you. <laughs>
1: exactly. I am I'm am broadening my horizons.
0: You're welcome. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. So, my my point is, Scott. I feel like I'm being called. Yeah. No,
2: I've gotten the same thing. I'm like, I don't care that much about wrestling normally, but uh, Peter makes it really interesting. So,
0: <laughs> I'm glad I'm doing that. So, my point is, Scott Hall was pivotal to the whole NWO storyline. Like you know, Hulk Hogan shot it into the stratosphere where it became a major storyline in WCW for well over a year. But Scott Hall was the genesis of the whole thing, which is one of the reasons he's one of the most important. Because, like I said, I brought up he had an iconic ladder match in WWF, two of them, in fact. And now he's he's helped be the, the start of one of the most important wrestling angles for WCW. Unfortunately, as time went on, uh, Scott Hall's demons would really start to rear their head. He had always been a bit of a, I think, in particular a boozer. I think there was drugs. I'm, there probably was, but I can't say for certain. Okay like alcoholism was definitely something that got brought up all the time yeah so unfortunately in 1997 uh he and his wife uh went or sorry 1998 he and his wife went through a divorce and it basically because at this point he'd been mostly teaming with kevin nash him and kevin nash had been uh, tag team partners for a lot of this they'd won the world uh, wcw tag titles quite a bit and like It seemed like one of them should be world champion at some point, but of course Hulk Hogan's world champion, so you you don't take it from Hulk. Right. (laughs) Sorry, Hollywood Hogan at the time.
2: Right, right. As we discussed in a previous... Didn't we discuss that partially in uh, previous week?
0: I think we did, yeah. I I think
2: we touched on that portion of it,
0: yeah. Yeah. So it would ultimately lead to um, Scott Hall... Basically, really pissing off the people in charge of the Turner uh, Broadcast Networks, so TBS in particular, but also TNT, to the point where the I think it was the head of programming said Scott Hall couldn't appear on TV anymore, which did lead to a hilarious thing because nobody told Kevin Nash and Diamond Dallas Page, who were at this point teaming up. So they ha- they did an interview where they talked a lot about Scott Hall, and because they weren't supposed to do that, they had to bleep his name every time. <laughs> but he's—they say his name a lot, so it's like it almost seems like they're chronically swearing. <laughs> There's more about that too, because like the, I gotta find the video later because it's amazing. Because they're in like this dark, like interrogation-style room where a light is overhead and constantly swinging back and forth, so it looks like the lights are constantly flickering, and like Ddv and Kevin Ash both can't help but stop staring at it. Oh, man. But then what happened uh, is... It it
2: reminds me, uh, you know, them having to bleep it, like, um, unnecessary censorship, like those videos where they, like, unnecessarily censor things to make it sound like there's really dirty or something like that. Yeah.
1: Friggin' Chris did that to me a couple, like, a long (laughs) while ago. Like, I can't even remember what it was, but he just decided, you know what, I'm bored. I'm gonna bleep out a whole lot of math words. (laughs) And now that I've just said this, Chris is going to probably do a couple of them. So Chris, and there's just a long list of expletives there. I'm sure. Of it. Yep. Um, if Matt, how he has how dare you! To edit. Early, this is pop- a
2: family podcast. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of family? Your question.
1: No. Um, but no, I feel like either Chris will have filled that with uh, a whole lot of uh, bleep. Or he will have left it for the uh, Stunt Silence (laughs) comedy. But uh, I'm sure... It it depends on how lazy he's feeling at this particular time. How
2: closely are you Um, listening to this episode? Chris,
1: you're wonderful. um, Don't ever change. Yeah.
0: uh, And all that. So uh, we're near the end, but there's a few more things I wanted to touch on real quick. Yeah. So in particular, after he got let go from WCW... He did a stint in um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I've, of course, talked about before. He was a member of Team 2000, (laughs) which is a hell of a name. And notably, one of the people he took on and lost to was Hiroshi Tanahashi, um, which I'm sure almost nobody recognizes that name, but back when I talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling, I mentioned he was the ace of the universe. Okay, He was essentially the most important guy in new japan for 10 years hmm. and he's still there like he's still right. winning championships and stuff and he's still like uh i mean he's in his 40s now but he's like he's kind of like near end of career john cena to a degree okay you know it's not a, it's not a one to one because it's hard to do one to ones with some of these guys right. but he was definitely like the face of new japan hmm. and right. uh yeah somebody who gave him an early rub in his career was uh scott hall hmm. Scott Hall saw potential in him, and cool. so after uh, Scott Hall passed, uh, even Hiroshi Tanahashi, he uh, did a couple tributes to Razor Ramon, including kind of walking like he did to the ring and doing a toothpick flip and everything.
2: That's awesome.
0: Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, one of his other catchphrases was, hey yo. So a lot of people said hey yo after he passed as well. Again, imagine it with more of a Latin accent. I'm but... talking like a hey yo. <laughs> No, or uh, hey yo. Oh. i trying to do an impression. Yeah, the problem is I'm trying to do a bad Latin accent when he was kind of doing a bad Latin accent. So,
1: <laughs> you know. So it's just a worse Latin accent? To... Yeah. but Carbom I mean, Carbomb does a bad Latin accent.
0: Yeah, so there's... One other thing that he was heavily involved with um, was the plane ride from hell where he... The plane ride from hell is a whole other thing. There's an episode of Dark Side of the Ring about it because it's really, it's really messed up what happened. And essentially what happened is he got drugged by his old friend, Kurt oh Henning, God. who I mentioned way back at the beginning, because it was a thing that apparently they did in the 80s where they would roofie each other as a joke. Wow. What a very, hilarious, very, hilarious. Yeah, what a hilarious yeah. prank. Very glad oh people God. don't do that anymore. Yeah, right. I mean, and it's I'm almost certain some of them did it for sexual reasons. In this case, it was, like, you know, to prank them, which is still, like, fucked up. But... Right, yeah,
2: that's it's
0: not cool to yeah. mess okay. people up. Also, or... like, where do you... Where would you freaking just get roofies like that? I don't like... even know. But, um... <laughs> he... I I don't know, I don't have
2: a guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he got accused of, you know, like, first of all, you know, being drunk or something. He was, of course, he drugged. And when he woke up, apparently, he... he acted in a way where it looked like he was trying to lick the flight attendants which is horrible you know and yeah. like at least we kind of get the idea okay maybe he wasn't fully in his faculties and not through his own choice when this happened sure right right like i'm i'm not saying i don't believe the flight attendants i'm just saying there's mitigating circumstances as to why he was acting like a douche other people right. acting really bad on that flight and they had no excuse i just it's a whole thing yeah uh, but this would Those ultimately poor result in him. flight attendants,
2: like even if it wasn't, oh. because like regardless of whether it's their fault or not, like the wrestler's fault or not, like they still got to deal with it. <laughs> like,
0: oh no, no, the, the flight attendant sued sued the company, and it was yeah. settled out of court. It was a whole thing. Uh, so he was ultimately let go from WWE, and he did some random stints in companies like uh, Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, TNA. Now they're called Impact, so they have a much less horrible name. And around, I gotta get this. I want to try and get the dates right. When did he start? I want to say 2011 is when he started to really clean up. Um, hang on, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, because they did an ESPN on him in. Okay, no, it's 2013 where this happened. He got invited to live with DDP, Diamond Dallas Page, and Diamond Dallas Page has been doing a thing where he kind of reinvented himself as a yoga instructor, where he did... As, as you do. Yeah, <laughs> right. he, he, what, <laughs> what, he, what he specializes in is, like, this very casual, high-impact yoga.
2: Oh, yeah. And, like, he's... It's sometimes, co- like, colloquially called, like, fast yoga, I think, but it yeah. is. It's almost more like the hit version of yoga. <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. huh. like it's not as um, like they describe it as not being a spiritual and more physically you know, yeah, transformative. it's more like a
2: it, workout. You know, like a typical yeah. workout in some ways than like your typical relaxation meditative type yoga.
0: So this is this, he's very much been a self-help guy and he's cool. uh, taken in a few different people try and uh get them to turn their life around and as i mentioned he was you know partners with scott Hall back in like 91 sure so it was kind of cool that you know 20 years later he'd be like hey man. and so he was invited to live with ddp uh helped raise money for him to get him hip hip replacement surgery uh you know just get him cleaned up right and yeah it was he really turned his life around unfortunately covid he you know, being isolated, he ended up turning back to alcoholism after all mm-hmm. this time.
2: Oh, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just, yeah.
2: This,
1: this pandemic has been a
0: bugger on. Yeah. Yes. So. So that's kind of the unfortunate thing we have to end on is just the fact that like he had turned his life around, he was doing great, and then COVID just kind of it seemed to. You know, I don't want to, but it's definitely what you kind of. I definitely... There was one
1: thing I did kind of want to bring up, actually. I don't know if, how much COVID stuff we really want to get into, but uh, so it's it's been about a week now since they've removed all basically right. all of the, the mandates off, yeah. in New Brunswick. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing, though, that I I haven't really gotten into it with anyone in particular but, or anything like that, but um, one thing I did hear on the radio that I did find was quite... Um, I feel like it, I want to say informative, but it's not the right the right word. It was like, almost like a, okay, that makes more sense. Okay, but like clarifying maybe. Whenever everyone's like, oh, they're dropping the restrictions. Okay, so we don't have to do any of this stuff anymore. And it's like, well, no. What it was is they were they were interviewing a doctor, and the doctor was actually like correcting the newsreader that or who was like doing the okay. interview, basically saying that like, okay, they have removed the mandates, so it's not no longer mandatory. But health officials are still recommending that in appropriate cases, you take necessary sure. precautions, including wearing a mask. So it's like, okay, that makes that makes more sense. Because beforehand, I was just like, well, clearly the premier here is just doing this for the political points, and there's not really any science involved in the decision, so I'm just going to keep wearing a mask. I, yeah, I was going to say, but, I know in uh, Cuyahoga
2: County, numbers have been good enough that they are removing a lot of the mandates a lot of local places stores libraries stuff like that i've noticed a lot of signs still requiring masks which i'm totally fine with um and honestly even the ones that don't have it posted i'm wearing it in especially you know for example things like i'm gonna be going to florida with you guys and i really want to make sure that i'm healthy and well before i come see you know my international friends and stuff like that um
1: and especially because it's also right, Florida. Right, exactly.
2: Where, uh, just one more yeah. reason, among other reasons, that I'm probably not going to do, like, the Disney parks or anything like that, so. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, it's fair. But, uh... On a slightly more positive note, did any of you guys watch uh, the new uh, that new Disney movie, uh, Turning Red?
2: I have not, although I did recently watch um, Encanto, and it was Incredible. I understand Matt, why everyone. That's, that's the other one that's on our list. Yeah, I, I understand now we why everyone hour. was like super excited about that one. So, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, if you have not seen it, Matt, I absolutely recommend it. And for anyone else who has not seen it, it is very well done.
1: And I and I also recommend watching um, uh, *Turning okay. Red*. Uh, it is a nice little like slice of Canadian life for uh, like uh, even like, like second or third generation immigrant family. Yeah. Uh, it's about just, you know, like childhood going into adulthood and yeah. I know I'm not going to go too far into it because I know we're get at near time, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was kind of funny. I wanted to mention is that um, there's been a little bit of controversy and that a lot of the conservative groups are like, how dare they talk about this stuff or whatever? And <laughs> like getting mad at the fact that, um, you know, it's a movie about... Real life, and even though there's like giant red pandas in it, um, yeah, I don't know. They just seem to think like Disney is like losing itself because it's not about you know like Disney princesses anymore, like being I, saved. I by was a gonna, man. Like, I was
2: gonna say, I know Encanto <laughs> got a lot of blowback because one of the female characters is, is like physically very big, buff, and strong, and they're like, oh, you can't have right. like. Emotionally strong women anymore? They've got to be like physically strong butch ladies, and it's just like, geez, calm down. Like, there's both of those characters mm. in this movie. Did we watch the same thing? Yeah, like, calm I mean, down. Tucker Carlson nope. got mad about them removing the high heels on an Eminem. So, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
1: he the, the man wants to bang. Right, Andy, right.
2: So it's one of my no, no. He, he wants, he wants to bang. Pro- show uh, all of the no, above. No, no he,
1: he wants to get. He wants to blow people's. <laughs> but, I don't know. Screw Tucker Carlson, he can um, get a reach around for whatever <laughs> he wants, but please take away his show. Yeah. Um,
2: no candy that, for you, sir. Um,
1: is that time for the, is that time for I the outro? I it's time. Go ahead, Matt. Alright. Um, something, something, shatterproof, glass...
0: You should just say, like...
2: Uh, usually I just say outro, but...
1: Aerial break shoe. Shock absorber. Yeah.
2: Hey Matt. Car Have you figured out what the aerial is?
1: No. Oh.
2: Okay. Good night, everyone.
1: I feel like. Cr- All right. Good night.
0: Hey. Three, two, one. Lipstick, <laughs> <laughs> trash bag, shattered glass, jail pipe, tread like grease and chrome. From bumper, universal bearing aerial break shoe
1: shock absorber air bomb. But What's the what's the aerial?